Aggression is one of the last dirty words in our culture. You can be crass, you can be rude, you can even be profane, but ho, ho, aggressive, don't be aggressive, except it's wrong, dead wrong. I promise you nothing of meaning and transcendence will come into your life passively. It's time for you to get into the arena to push back against a passive, mediocre existence. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Today, we're going to get a bit aggressive and specifically physically aggressive. Hardwired into all of us is the desire for ease and comfort. I like it. I'm all pro ease and pro comfort. I'm pro air conditioning. I'm pro automatic seats in my vehicle. I'm pro remote controls. Nothing, nothing wrong with all those conveniences. But we have to remember that the thing that's in front of us that is going to be difficult, that's the thing in front of us that is going to build our future and going to build our lives. And we all know many, many people in situations where because they didn't want to do something tough and maybe painful, their life completely stalled out. I'm not really interested in convincing you to do aggressive, crazy things that's going to give you an adrenaline spike in the here and now. I'm interested in encouraging you to do things that could be painful things, but if your life does not go forward, that pain will far, far exceed the pain that you may find from short-term falling on your rear end and breaking your arm. I've broken my arm twice on a bicycle. I've broken my finger another time on a bicycle. And I'm not swearing off bicycles. I've had three injuries. I am pro bicycles. They were good for my balance. They enabled me to play. I am good, 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 good. Why is it that we are so afraid of pain and so afraid of broken bones and so afraid of stitches? In fact, I'll just say it right now. I grieve that today's youth in our culture aren't having stitches and broken bones to the same degree that we had when I was growing up. We were champions, my gosh. We were, we were masters of pain. It was coming to us all the time. As a result of living a full and amazing life, feeling all of our senses kicking into gear, tree houses, bicycles, football, yes, actual football. Today, we're going to talk sports and sports injuries. We're going to talk why you should take the risk of a head injury in football. That's an aggressive move. And Dr. <laughs> Dr. Laura Scott is the program director for the sports medicine at Dayton Children's Hospital in Dayton, Ohio. At Children's Hospital, half of Dr. Scott's patients are have had concussions and uh, she suffered to herself. Even though this is this official legal language that everyone needs to hear, even though Dr. Laura Scott is a medical doctor. This podcast does not constitute personal medical advice. If you have health concerns, take them to your personal health care provider. Dr. Scott is here to give her personal opinions, and what she says does not necessarily represent the position of her employer or any other medical organization. Let's just hop right to it. I, I, I look at what we've done on The Aggressive Life, 
And it does seem that there's a preponderance of football people that we've had mm-hmm. on. Uh, Solomon Wilcots, Anthony Munoz, we've had some others on. Uh, this is not a the aggressive life is not a football podcast. It's not <laughs> it's not at all. I think the I think the subject of football just keeps coming up again and again because it's sort of a um it's a physical representation of what the podcast is all about. The podcast is about let's make aggressive moves. Let's not sit back and let life happen to us. Let's push into life. Let's not sit on our derriere. Let's get our rear in gear. Let's not assume everything is going to be okay. Let's make things okay. And maybe an extreme sport that models that is football with all of the hard charging, all of the crashing, all of the pick yourself up off the ground when you've been knocked down, all that kind of stuff. I think it's just naturally coming up in in the podcast, though it is interesting that uh, martial arts hasn't really come up so much. Or hockey. Or hockey. Wrestling. Yeah. Well, okay, well, as we talk about these things, just from your perspective, just what's going on in the world of health in all these sports that we put our kids so, into? backing away from concussions a little bit, just talking about sports, I think we're taking the play and fun out of sports from the young age and over-organizing it, over-structuring it, and then they're getting injured. And I don't think people know how to be injured and what it means. Sometimes when you're in pain, it's because you're a wimp and you need to toughen up and keep going. That's not always the case. Dr. Laura Scott, my kind of doctor. Oh, yes. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes you're in pain because something is wrong and we need to figure out what's wrong and fix it. And I think some of the things they learn in sports about how to deal with pain, physical pain, translates into how do you deal with emotional pain and psychological pain as you get older. Maybe you need to toughen up because you're a wimp. That's possible. Sometimes there's things out of balance with your routines. You are overtraining your legs, neglecting your back. You're not stretching enough. You're not resting enough. And psychologically, that might look like you're putting too much into work, not enough into your family. But there's something out of balance. You can continue it for a season, but it will come back to bite you if you don't deal with it eventually. Part of my job is to help the kids say, hey, we're playing for the long game. We need to fix this. You are too young to say, that's my bad knee. You know, I'm seeing kids pediatric and will say, hey, I can get you through your season, but we got to deal with this. And sometimes what's wrong is you're broken. You got to fix it. Take time off, fix it. And part of my job is helping athletes figure out which of these categories do you fit into? How are we getting you better? And then we can go back out there. But part of that is resting and healing. So concussions, why is it now that concussions in football is such a big deal? Uh, People have been slamming into each other for a long, 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 long time. We had Anthony Munoz in here uh, not too long ago, Hall of Famer for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he said, hey, there's nobody that I knew in the Hall of Fame or anybody who was having any of these issues. He had some different theories for why that is, but what's yours? Why is this a big deal now? Because it is real. Yeah, it is real. It is real. Um, That's tough. There's multiple issues because we don't know how many concussions they got before they got to the NFL. Did they get them in college? Did they get them in high school? Did they get them in peewee football? We don't know how many they got outside of football. Are they getting in bar fights? Are they falling down the stairs drunk. We don't know. Not only that, what other issues are at play that affect the brain? There's a lot of things that could be. Um, 
I explain it when I'm explaining it to parents in the office concerned their child may have had multiple concussions. Say, this is like sunburns and skin cancer. I can't tell you how many sunburns do you get skin cancer. I can't tell you is it bad to get a couple really bad sunburns or is it worse to get a whole bunch of really mild. I can't tell you that. I just know we're not going to go sit on the equator for 12 hours a day and keep getting sunburned. <laughs> so should we eliminate youth football? No. Why? It offers a lot of positive things. Um, it's teaching boys how to positively channel their aggression towards something bigger than themselves. I've compared it before to a river. If it floods, it's going to destroy your city. If you learn to channel it correctly, it's, you can use it to power your city. And these boys with football, they have a positive male role model. It's training them to look, play the long game, work your aggression and your energy towards a goal, work together as a team, listen to authority. Um, and if we took that away, a lot of more affluent communities would replace it with other sports. A lot of less affluent communities, inner city, rural areas, schools that don't have a lot of resources, there's nothing there. What are the boys going to do then? You're just going to have all this energy devoted to something without direction and without coaching and without supervision. Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to see more fights. You're going to mm -hmm. see more violence. Yep. You're, there, there's a reason why all the boxing clubs popped up all across the country and why there's silver glove championships and golden gloves. It's because... Because the police departments and Boys Clubs of America and firefighters, all these folks saw decades and decades ago, there was a bunch of types of kids that if they didn't have a healthy outlet for hitting things, yep. Yep. for expending energy, gangs were going to form. There was They were going to be hitting people who shouldn't get hit. Yep. I, I don't... I don't think we recognize this. I think our culture has this thing of, oh, we're, we're this advanced, evolved culture. We just need to put away with the violence. We don't need to encourage hitting. We should just, like, have sports that are non-contact sports. And I think they're afraid to get hurt. They think there's something wrong with being hurt. There's nothing—that's part of life, part of taking risks. You're going to get hurt. And I think they're afraid that there's something wrong with getting hurt. I want to sign my kid up for the sport where he won't get hurt. There's no such thing. Do you have you ever heard of Dr. Stuart Brown? I can't put it, I can't place it. He founded the National Institute of Play. And it's which is all about the recuperative effects of play on our bodies. It came out of his stint when he was a clinical doctor on death row and he found out what every person on death row has in common. Do you know what that is? I'm going to guess because of his background that they didn't play yeah specifically <laughs> specifically it was they didn't have any rough violent play as a child and they don't know how to channel it well not <laughs> that they don't know how to channel what he says is when you're wrestling around with your dad on the floor you play football or whatever and someone elbows you in the nose you break your nose it's painful and you're like oh oh i understand that when these people are on death row, when they've not been in a physical activity where they felt pain, they've lost the ability to empathize for someone who's experiencing pain, which is why they're able to give pain so frequently. That reminds there's a book, um, Dr. Paul Brandt wrote it. He was a hand surgeon, medical missionary hand surgeon at a leprosy clinic in India. And part of the problem with leprosy is they can't feel pain anymore. So they can't feel when their hand is on a burner. They can't feel when there's a rock in their shoe and they can't make adjustments. And he wrote this whole book called The Gift of Pain, saying pain tells us something is wrong. We need to fix it. 
And he said, yes, physical pain tells us something's wrong. I need to fix it. And in my world, that means there's something wrong with, you know, you have an injury. We need to change how you're training. But he said also emotional pain would tell you I'm in a bad career. I'm in a bad relationship. I need to fix this. And the whole book is based on the idea that, yeah, pain stinks, but is there for a reason. And it motivates us to fix things. I think this is one of the reasons why we don't make aggressive moves. We're afraid of the pain Mm -hmm. that's going to come if we make the wrong move. We're afraid of that pain. Truth is, we're going to experience the pain of lethargy and the pain of stagnation if we don't push forward. How about as far as all the sports that you treat, um, just just rank them for us on the danger scale. I mean, is, so, is, is football really high up there relative to others? It is, but we, we kind of have two different groups of sports. We have the sports you have a one-time, bam, acute injury, and then you have the sports of all the overuse injuries. If you're strictly talking concussions for youth, the one where you get most injuries per player per hour played is hockey. That's more frequent than football. Um, but it depends on the age. So hockey doesn't start checking till the 13, 14 age group. Interesting thing. So they wouldn't let hockey start checking till 13, 14, and their goal was to reduce concussions. Well, what happened was they didn't start slamming into each other till they were big enough to inflict more damage. And then they got more concussions of that oh, age wow. group. So wow. they said maybe the right thing is to teach them the correct way to do it before they're capable of inflicting much damage. Maybe. We don't know. Um, but yeah, hockey has the most per player per hour played. But it doesn't get a lot of attention because not many people play hockey. Yeah, unless um, you're in Canada, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, football and women's gymnastics are the next two. Jeez. So let's talk about pain. Let's talk about pain and maybe how to work through it. I've always wondered this and maybe you as a doctor can help me. When I'm feeling pain, what's the difference between pain that I should work through and keep going through or pain that says, okay, I should just stop right now and just don't use that muscle or that joint for a longer time? How do I know the difference? I tell people, my general rule in clinic is if you change how you're doing something because of the pain, it's time to figure it out. So if you're like, oh, I'm running and I'm a little sore, but I'm going to keep running, that's fine. If you're running and you're limping and putting more weight on your left leg than your right and you're slowing down, you're going to cause another injury because now you've been doing things wrong. And it's kind of true in your life. If you find in life you're starting to cut corners, starting to neglect certain areas to try to make other areas work, probably something wrong. So how about for the parents? Talk to the parents mm-hmm. out there. How, how should a parent find the right sport for their child? Or how should a parent walk through with their child what they might want to play? So I can tell you what we're doing with our kids. Yeah. My kids are four and six. My husband and I, we like sports. We played sports. We were not scholarship athletes. Our kids are not going to be scholarship athletes. We know sports is about fun for them. Right now they're taking swimming lessons, so I don't have to get in with them on vacation and can just do what I want. And they're going to do swimming lessons until I'm comfortable that they can swim. After that, I'm going to let them pick what they want to do. Right now, they're at the young age. We're trying to develop gross motor skills. We can kick a ball in the yard. We can play. Gross motor skills, like picking their nose kind of thing? No, that's fine motor skills using your fingers. Oh, okay. Gross motor skills. <laughs> gross motor skills like kicking a ball, running, hitting a ball, catching, climbing. Um, right now, they're at an age where that's all they're doing. So we took them hiking in a creek bed, and they learned a lot of valuable lessons about balance and agility and how to fall. 
And it was more fun than me sitting and watching them learn that at soccer where they don't even understand the rules. Wait a minute. You took your kids to a creek. You allowed your children to get their shoes wet in the creek and risk falling down. Yes. What kind of doctor sadist are you? Allowing your children to be in a position where they could actually fall down. Yes. We're letting them do that now. Once they're old enough to understand rules and this is fair and that's not fair, we're going to sign them up for a team sport. Honestly, it's going to work around my work schedule. It's going to be a spring sport because I'm less busy in the spring. It might be t-ball, might be soccer. I don't know. And they're going to learn that it's okay to lose and that you can have fun if you stink at something. It's still fun. And they're going to learn rules like that. Um, as they get older, I'm going to let them pick if they want to stick with it or not. If they want to play football, that's fine. That's fine with me. But I want him to initiate it and ask for it. How about tree houses? Yeah. Are you pro tree houses? I'm pro tree houses. Kids can learn a lot of valuable lessons from free play, and we have taken that away from them by over-organizing their activities. You send them out to a playground, climb a tree, what have you, they're going to learn balance. They're going to learn strength. They're going to learn how to fall. They're going to learn teamwork. They're going to learn problem solving. They're going to learn a lot of things that our over-organized sports culture has taken away from them. That's good. You're, you're giving us a lot of wisdom here. What about, are any of these things transfer like to say your career path? Have you chosen a career path or are there decisions you made in your personal life that might not be physical in nature, but you're borrowing the principles from this sports arena? So I'll get to that question. I can see a difference which of my patients are elite athletes and which ones are not by how they handle an injury. The ones that are truly elite athletes, when I tell them they have an injury and it's going to be a few weeks, their attitude's, okay, we'll get better, then get back to it. The ones that are not elite athletes, I'm getting out the tissue because they're crying about this weekend's tournament. Really? Yes. Why, I don't understand why the one would have... Our more elite athletes have a more long-range vision of setbacks are okay, it won't throw us off the goal. And I do think that translates into taking career risks and other sorts of risks, is that it's okay to take the scenic route to get there because you got injured. It's okay. Wow. It's okay to take a risk and fail that doesn't throw you off course. And I think I, I, I can tell who's going to be an elite athlete and who's not by how they respond to injuries in clinic. Fascinating. Just, just their mindset. Yes. So in your career and other places, you're saying you're wanting to have the long view and you're not as upset on short-term right. obstacles. Right. So I've worked, I mean, I've worked Division One college sports, and now I'm working basically age 5 to 18 or so. At those higher levels, it's about get back out there. We will do what it takes to get you back out there till you can't go anymore. The younger age, I need to say, hey, this weekend's tournament is not worth it. You want to be able to play for the next 40 years. And we can take this weekend off and get you better, or you can keep playing and make it worse, and you're done. And teaching them that long-range vision that, hey, just because you're out for a few weeks doesn't mean your game's over. You can recover. You can come back from this. And it's going to be better for you long-term if we do it the right way. This is a really good point because we're talking about aggression not because of a short-term buzz that you might feel over being aggressive. Um, I've, I've bungee jumped once. I don't know that I'll ever do it again. I have zero interest in skydiving. Uh, I, 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 I'm not drawn to those things because I need the feeling of doing something aggressive. The aggressive life isn't that, that, that hit of adrenaline from doing something crazy. The aggressive life is saying, I have my whole life ahead of me. And for it to count, 
for me to have the most satisfaction as possible, the most accomplishments, the most fruit, the most meaning, I've got to do things right now that I don't want to do to have something much later on that I want to have. It's the long play of aggression. It's fascinating that that's what plays out naturally in the lives of young athletes. And one of the things I really, really try to do is I try to get them into physical therapy because that becomes their new goal is I'm going to rehab this. And that's their new goal they're working towards. And I try to keep them active with the team. I don't, I'm not a surgeon. I don't repair ACL tears. But if I diagnose an ACL tear, I say, your arms still work. I want you to go lift weights with your team, just your arms, while we're rehabbing this knee and ortho fixes it and everything. I want to keep them active and I'm going to shift their goals so they still have something aggressive to work towards. Yeah, powerful. There's a lot that is to be criticized in youth sports. One we've already talked about is the fear of injuries, keeping people away from contact. Another one is all you have to do is show up to a youth game and see the behavior of parents and go, that parent is living life through his child. There's a lot going on emotionally, not just physically. Why is that? And what's your recommendations? Officially, the stance of the American Academy of Pediatrics is your child should not play the same sport year round. They get more injuries. They get burnout on it. I think a lot of people put too much stake in their, they use sports to define their identities. And then we're seeing increased mental health problems. And if your identity is in sports and all about winning or losing and you lose, what does that mean for your identity? Um, your loser. Yeah. So when we have our kids do sport, which we will do, our kids will do sports, but we're signing them up so they learn to play on a team, so that they learn to listen to a coach, so they learn to sacrifice for the sake of the team, play by the rules. And so when the game's over, those are the traits we're going to call out. Hey, way to listen to your coach. Hey, way to step back, let another teammate take that. We're not going to talk about how did you perform. Yeah, winning and losing is important. They need to know how to lose, but they need to know that doesn't define them. That's not their identity. I'm giving a lecture in a few weeks on overuse injuries in youth sports. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is you don't see kids like the movie The Sandlot anymore. You don't just see them out in the playground playing by their own rules. You don't see the best kid on the team playing down to the level of the other kids. Instead, the parents have them on a travel team and then a select team and then the school team and let's cycle them through all these things. And they've you've kind of lost the benefits of the sport, not burning out on it, not finding your identity in it, not putting everything into your performance. It's, we've lost our ability to have fun and we've overdefined youth sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are thankful for your time today. It's been, uh, it's been really, really enlightening. Uh, Dr. Laura, if people want to connect with you, social media, anything else, be involved or know what you're doing, on, doing is, there, is there any way people can follow up with you or, or track you? So I keep a pretty low profile on the internet because people ask me random medical questions and I ignore it. Um, But I do have a blog that's published through a hospital, Dayton Children's Hospital, where sometimes I write it, sometimes our athletic trainers write it, but it's just regular sports tips and how to exercise in the heat and what do I do and what kind of nutrition do I need, those kind of things. And what's the address of that site? DaytonChildrens.org. There's a link for the blog somewhere. Well... (laughs) Thanks for being here today. You have just concluded another episode of The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode has impacted you, hey, share with somebody else. All of us have influence. People that can look to us for direction, use your influence positively, aggressively. And if this has meant something to you, then pass along to those that you're leading. Uh, You can see more at bryantome.com or search me on Instagram. 
Special thanks to the band Judges for our music. You can find more from them on Instagram at the band Judges or at facebook.com slash the band Judges. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh,